0: Welcome to part two of my conversation with Steve Bryant and Ray Ferrer. But Ray, what have you been up to since college? Um, I know you work in the museum (laughs) trade now.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I'd say right after purchase, I lived with um, Danny Gong doing uh, personal training. and I just went hungry doing that. <laughs> I wasn't getting clients. <laughs> I came to visit you once. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, it was like right before the blackout. Like uh, a-
0: yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's um, I, I think that's it's, it's partially, me not making good money doing that is partially because of where I went to do it. It's like New York Sports Club has a very greedy way of doing it, where like you can only solicit clients from the gym. You can't bring anyone from outside in. And they take unless you have a crazy amount of certifications, they take uh they charge clients eighty dollars and of that you get thirty. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, so they take a huge amount of it. And so, you know, I was like at first I was like trying to get a lot of clients, trying to work with a lot of people, and uh and like I would get people for short short amounts of time. And then as soon as they were done, they weren't like re upping on the Packages like personal training packages, mm-hmm. and I was just basically like having trouble making the rent mm. um, But then after that I got a job at a hospital I had so many jobs. It's incredible like, even like before purchase and like through purchase <laughs> But um, I worked at a neonatal intensive care unit What did you do there? Just like a clerk. I was just um, taking care of uh, doctor's orders mm-hmm. of uh birth certificates, death certificates, and like um, just running errands around the floor, like making sure certain things were stocked. Uh, but that was a, that was one of the most stressful jobs I've had though because everyone is stressed and everyone takes it out on each other. And on top of all of that, you do have like legitimate things to be stressed about. Like uh, when, a, when somebody dies, the government yeah. is like on top of the hospital about Having a birth certificate within an hour, and if not, I'm out of there. And my job is done. Um, but so I, what would happen is uh, a baby might die, and uh, if the doctor who is uh, in charge of that baby is not there that day, because there there could be any number of people taking care of that baby throughout the throughout its time there, and so if the doctor's out that day, how do you get his signature? <laughs> And so, I don't know, there's like all kinds of different things that would happen. Sometimes a doctor would come in just for that. And then sometimes um, you'd get someone else's signature, like signing his signature, which I, th- I think was illegal, but <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know. I, didn't <laughs> I just wanted a signature and I wanted to keep my job. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I did that for like a little over a year. And then I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm like pulling my hair out and I went to NYU and I was like, I was very interested in um, creating games, uh, educational games, because I was hooked on playing, uh, what was it? Oh, I was playing at the time, um, GTA 5. And I was like, I, I put so much time into this game and and like doing everything in it. And I could just imagine that being a useful thing if you're trying to teach someone something. Mm-hmm. So like if there's something in the game you gotta do, and you have to learn how to do the thing first. That could be like, have real world applications. So I was thinking, let me go look that up. Like what can I I study that actually allows me to do that? So I went into educational technology and I wanted to make educational games, but the the program that I was in, um, like games as, as an educational vehicle was like a new idea. So they didn't really have very much for that. Um, and so, like, I was kind of, I was kind of like the odd person out whenever it was comes time to like deciding what to do for a project or something, and like, people wouldn't really understand what I had in mind. Um oh, there was like a like a handful of people there that was kind of like, okay, yeah, games for education, I can get that. Excuse me. So, so I, as soon as I graduated from that, um, <laughs> I worked at Starbucks for <laughs> like a month and a half <laughs> or something and um, and I was just looking for a job in the field which was kinda hard for for the first few months Um, so like right I was I started looking like towards the end of my senior year and um, and then like after working at Starbucks for a while I got I um, I was looking at a posting and think it was like indeed.com or something and um, and there was something for the New York Hall of Science and it turns out that the person that was doing the hiring was also from the same program at NYU that I was graduating from. So. So they remembered you. They didn't remember me. They just knew knew the program. And so, um, okay. so when I got there, she knew all the people that I worked with, but she knew all the names that I was throwing out at her. And um, yeah, so that was that was f- for the interview, and I think that definitely like helped t- to get the job. Um, and they also had in mind doing a lot of like, like the museum wanted to, um, at the time, wanted to uh, experiment with like making educational games and, and like um, their own like products. And, and you know, I was like the perfect person for that. And when I got hired for it, um, I maybe, maybe did like one like experimental game and then they just went in a different direction, <laughs> so I ended up doing a lot of things that um, I didn't expect to do, which is like working more directly with the students um all ages and um you know designing lessons and stuff like that, kind of like the stuff that I'm doing most recently um, and I still use technology, but there's no there's no like game design so um I got a little bit of a little bit frustrated with that and Um, and so I just continue to do like the like lessons and like educational technology and that can it's interesting because you can do a lot of different things with it it's still creative uh, and it's always changing Um, between designing your own things or using stuff that people design in education that's that's constantly like there's always something new like next year I'll probably give you a list of things that like come out for that year and I'll have to learn how to use them or um, or like, maybe even design something that's similar to. Um, but that's that's picking up like a lot of steam these days. Like there's um, there's a big movement of trying to get technology in schools. So, you know that's always going to be there. I think or at least for a long time. Um, but I'm. I've it's
2: the way that yeah. I mean <coughs> that's what the kids respond to. I mean kids are just crazy because like. Some kids are like you know they'll be they'll kick your ass at computer stuff just because they're it's so much more innate for them. Yeah. Since they were they were young and it's just great when you see. I mean, I don't know. At first, at first I didn't I didn't think it was such a great thing because you know it is like you know you're kind of looking at the screen a lot, but like yeah, I mean just to get like a few laptops or you know stuff like in like like a I mean I've seen like there's music programs in schools that are just like. We got, we got a few laptops and they have that logic or, or something yeah. and, and the kids are you know yeah kids just learn how to do it and this you know we have these three kids who just love it so much and they just want to stay after school to keep making music to keep doing whatever on the
0: computer yeah, rather yeah. than doing
2: whatever and yeah.
0: I would have done anything to have a DAW that I could use back in the day
2: right like, this, and, like here's how to use it it's basic and knock yeah. yourself
0: out you know I mean we were lucky enough to have um like a synth lab in my high school, yeah, so I was always in the synth lab, yeah, but it was never um, it was never hooked up to a computer, so you had to actually program the synth save stuff on your floppy drive yeah. <laughs> and all that kind of stuff and I'm a very visual person and a lot of other people are as well, so to be able to see that, see what you're doing, be able to change that yeah. Goes a long way, and I would love to have that as a kid. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And with games, it's. I mean, it's also funny just because I'm not. I'm not a huge gamer, but from what I've seen and experienced, it seems that video games have evolved so much. Even with like GTA,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like there, there, there's these, there's these like, you know, you, you you do the game, you're doing this, you do the mission, and then there's this like two or three minute like scene, yeah. that you're watching, and it's just like a CGI movie that you're yeah. watching, you know, it's like, and it's part of the game, and and, uh, and that just seemed to take over, and like the story arc be- seems to be, I mean, what was the story arc of Super Mario Brothers, you know what I mean, like what yeah. was the, it's like, but, <laughs> but now it's like, if you don't have some kind of a cool angle, and like yeah. some cool inclusion, it, 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 it just seems like the games don't even get like rated, like don't even care about yeah. the game or then there's the other side where it's just like a tetris type game yeah. where there's zero story or, or or you know psychological involvement but yeah. there's something that you're doing there's something that that's stimulating yeah. in your brain because I don't know if it's mathematical or yeah. just hand-eye or space relation but like Stuff like that, you feel like you're like getting conditioned for something. You know what I mean? Yeah, art or something. Yeah, 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 (laughs) like some weird thing like that. Where it's like, you you know, the education can either be in your face or it can be this subtle thing where you're like, I I guess I've spent you know, twenty hours this week playing this game. I'm (laughs) better at something because of it. You know, it's like uh, something is is sharper.
1: Yeah, so something I I kind of. Kind of felt like was happening um, with games when that I noticed like it was affecting like my life was driving like um, being aware of things that I, that are like in my within my peripheral vision or whatever I can see, but also like um, being able to respond to those things. So like I can re- I don't know if this is just because of games or maybe this is just how my body works, but I can respond to things that I'm not directly looking at without ever looking directly at them so like if I'm looking straight ahead I can see what's happening here and I'll respond to it you know and never take my eyes off of the front what's straight ahead Right. and, mm-hmm. I, and I think that that happens a lot in games
2: <laughs> yeah
1: it's just like very looking at small little details
2: yeah well just, just uh, I guess I'll be programmed to kind of no we don't disregard our peripheral but like yeah to, to, to hone in and to, to sharpen the, the instinct to uh, react to something that you see that's not in your direct line of vision that's something that's over here you know although I mean I guess it's also there's a very natural I mean you ever be walking and, and, and there's like a or even it's something on you, like, you just there's like a leaf that fell, and it's in your and, and you just see, like, the corner of it, and you just catch it in your peripheral, and you're like, what the hell is that, who is that? Like, you know, you, did, you know, there's this, like, weird, innate, like, because you can't really figure out what it is, you just know there's something happening, yeah, right there, that, you know, can freak you out, yeah. but uh, to be able to kind of control that, and to kind of say, well, it's, it's like, like right now it's like you're not in my direct line of vision uh-huh. but I see you're nodding I see what right. you're doing I'm registering right, right. I'm, fo- I'm focused on that but I'm mentally thinking about what yeah. you're doing and to be able to do that is a, a pretty uh, yeah I guess that's unique kind of
1: yeah, and, like if you, and that's something that you can hone you know you just kind of like you're always doing it
0: yeah what kind of uh,
1: project are you on today so um, uh, in, in public schools they're really making a push. So uh, let me back up for a second. There is definitely a time where uh, America, America was noticing that we're behind when it comes to technology and uh, where consumers of it, we're not producing stuff. <clears throat> Especially when you look at a place like China. It's just like they're way ahead of us when it comes to technology and other places too not just China but China is just such a big producer so we there is ever since then there was a big push to try and teach kids how to code how to use computers more efficiently uh, and for more things just get used to using them and and creating things with them so when I first started working at the museum uh, first thing I did off off the bat was um, virtual reality world trying to get um some of the young people high school students usually but sometimes a little younger that work at the museum to be able to create exhibits in in virtual reality in a virtual reality world and um and so we've kind of moved away from stuff like that and now um now the most recent thing that i'm working on is not so much the coding aspect so like there is some coding and what um, the types of activities that I design for students and teachers, but uh, it's computational thinking now. Now that now they're, the conversation has moved more t- into what kind of thinking does um, working with computers require, and um, it's the kind of thing that's like uh, what kind of um, thought processes do you need to be able to solve? Not only problems on computers, but like is that applicable to other things, and um, and so now we have this thing um, computational thinking, which has f- four elements. It's like um, how do you use algorithms, which is just basically like list of instructions. How can you create one for whatever it is that you're doing? Uh, so let's say like if you if you want to show someone a, a beat on the drums, um, what is it that they need to do to be able to get from Someone who doesn't know how to hold the sticks to doing that one beat, just that one specific beat yeah, and then you can give them a, a set of instructions, and if it's a good set of instructions or algorithm, then that's something that anyone can follow, and that's something that you want students to do in every subject, every academic subject, um, if possible. Sometimes it seems a little weird to to do that for certain things, like maybe like history or something like that, but Uh, but then there's other elements of computational thinking so there's like um, pattern recognition like you can always learn new things that have some kind of a basis on something that you already know because that's all like everything that we ever learn is just based on something that either you've already experienced or someone else has that you're picking up from Mm -hmm. or patterns that you notice Um, and then there's like there's decomposition so like if you think about a uh, word problem in math usually um, there's information you can ignore like it doesn't matter what kind of fish you're trying to weigh in a word problem it doesn't matter like that doesn't matter it's the numbers so being able to just ignore that that's abstraction and that applies when you're doing something when you're your programming a your computer <coughs> so like <clears throat> what kind of infor- being able to identify the information that's not important and being able to take that out, and just stick to what bears on the solution. Right. So these are the things that um, I've been trying to teach this one school in particular, and like what I'm doing is um, working with what's uh, it second and fifth grade first, and then after I train those teachers they um, help train the next wave of teachers and then eventually the whole school will be doing it for all of their lessons, all the way from like K through five, I think, or K K through, possibly K through eight. I forget, I forget what grades are in there. But um, yeah, and then eventually New York City is gonna be doing that in general. That's the idea anyway. Yeah. So it's been a a long process for this particular project, this is like one of the biggest projects I've worked on since working at the museum, Um, yeah but and in the meantime I'm trying to do the art (laughs) (laughs) and uh, you know I've been, I was telling Joe before you got here, I'm still trying to make that push into art but um, usually what I do is if I have a little bit more downtime at work I'll be able to do projects at home like after I get home from work if I'm not like drained <coughs> and um, you know I'll start doing like pieces that I'll put up on Instagram and and try to uh, get exposure that way but with a project like this it's like um, it's very time consuming and draining so like I get home and I don't want to do anything but October is coming up which mm-hmm. is Inktober okay. for, amongst artists <laughs> and um, and I'm really going to make a big commitment this year for, for that and like um, if you look at my Instagram I have um I have last year's Inktober and I and I did every What's single your Instagram name? name? Um Ferrer underscore Ray. Yeah. But yeah, it's like um every day of the month of October has a different word prompt. And so um it could be something like slice. And uh, and you gotta draw whatever comes to mind when you get that word and you have to ideally use ink but people like artists use all kinds of media for that for inktober even like digital stuff so <laughs> you see all kinds of stuff if you get if you look up the hashtag inktober
2: did you see a boost in your like uh like exposure when you did it last year just by by linking to that kind of stuff as yeah. part of like this larger movement
1: yeah definitely that's that's um I, I you know I was asking other artists about like how they get their exposure and um it's things like that but in general Instagram it kind of changed the game yeah. because um there's this artist out of um I think she's in, in somewhere in Texas I want to say and um she's one of my favorite artists and she was talking about I went to a um a talk that she had in like a, a bookstore she had a signing and she was talking about how she first got started trying to get exposure. She would do like the traditional art thing where you, you make a series of paintings uh, and you try and get them shown in a gallery. Or sometimes the gallery says, okay, we see, the, we see your artwork, we see your, your talent, where your talent lies, and we wanna, we wanna have you do a specific series uh, or paintings done in a certain way. So then you do them with that kind of in mind. She used to do that a lot. And then um, open an Instagram account. After that, it came out, and, um, and now she just does it exclusively through Instagram. So, kind of a kind of a game changer. Yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: But yeah, so I'm. I'm. That's, that's awesome. what I'm trying to do now. Is just whenever I have the, the time. All comes full, 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 circle. full circle. Yeah.
2: <laughs> do you do you feel? So um, do you feel that like your your art? Uh, benefits from your time at work or uh, or do you feel like it just like, you do you feel drained a lot that you're like, I don't have the energy to be creative or do you feel like does it, since you work in a museum and, and since there's, you know, it's just time not doing art, because sometimes for me, I want to, if I'm working at something that's not music related at all, I start <coughs> to feel like I'm going like pen up and I'm like, I start to think of ideas or I start to jot things down, like I'm I get a chance to work, you know, uh, like, you know, make yeah. some tracks, or next time I get into, into the studio, I'm going to, you know, I want to do this. Yeah. But then also sometimes, you just get out. You just want to chill. You're just like, I don't want to, I, I don't have energy to do anything. Do you feel like it helps, or? In,
1: in a weird way, it does, but, um, but the way you're describing, where it's kind of like, uh, kind of gives you a drive, or like, um in some way feeds into the art itself it's not really like that like they, they don't really go together well like that um, but what I do do is um, so like right now um, the next lesson that I'm working on is um, this is a fifth grade book I'm reading nice. <laughs> Night of the Spadefoot Toads and I was actually enjoying it but the thing is um, the reason why I'm reading it is because the students I'm go- going to be teaching a lesson to are going to have to read this and then be able to do um, point of view writing. So, like, um, maybe write about a scene in first person and then write about the same scene in third person, or maybe from different characters' perspectives. So, what I did to try and like bring art into it is I'm making uh, character cards for some of the characters in the story and having the students uh, hear a passage and then decide which character is this perspective is this from. But to do that activity, I have to draw the map. So, you know, someone else working at the museum might not do that, but, but that'll be like something I'll jump on because I'm yeah. like, I, I'll get to draw. So I, I do that as much as possible and I keep all of those little attempts at being artistic in a, in a folder in my computer. And hopefully I can like use them later, either for inspiration or just to say, hey, I worked on these projects. Um, but <clears throat> but usually, my inspiration at home when I do personal stuff really just comes from a uh, i really do like a free thinking kind of kind of thing like i I just like pull from like very random things like uh free association um and like whatever whatever it is that I could be looking around the room and like something that reminds me of something else and uh it, it sounds very trippy the way I come up with ideas sometimes for, for art but when you look at it it doesn't seem trippy it's just like seems like maybe like a blending of ideas sometimes yeah like uh, like for example I had a, a piece that I did I forget what I call that I think it was peaceful or something but it was basically like a beast character and he looks like uh, like he'll tear anything apart that he comes across and he's just in a field, chilling with his head down, looking at a butterfly. Right. He's just trying to juxtapose two ideas of like really serene gentleness and like a beast, <coughs> something that'll like tear anything up. Nice. Okay. And that's kind of like how my ideas kind of form.
2: What's your medium of choice when you make work? Out?
1: Um, m- lately it's been watercolor. Oh, nice. But I'll do a lot of ink and digital as well. Nice. So you experiment
0: usually with um, like digitizing some of your you know physical work and then manipulating it into the computer.
1: Yeah, I do. I do that mostly when it's um, when I know I don't have a lot of time. Like when it's disp- like for this project, for example, mm-hmm. I, I did a quick sketch, scanned it, and then colored it in the computer, and then you know made it digital. Uh, but if I'm doing something personal, I tend to stick to one medium. Which is not necessarily like good or bad, Uh, I just, I like, when I do something in watercolor, I like sticking to it, like being exclusively watercolor. Um, But I know a lot of artists that that mix media, so like, they'll do watercolor and then touch it up in in digital, Mm -hmm. or completely change it in digital, like they'll just like use it, the watercolor as a starting point and then do something crazy with it. Have
0: you ever experimented with kray
1: uh, no, actually. <laughs> I I um maybe when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it's tried. one of those things <laughs> that
0: when you're younger you can kinda make that
1: watercolor look to yeah. it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just by moving your fingers <laughs> and spreading yeah. it out. I, I experimented with crepe when I was going to high school. <laughs> I went to high school of art and design and that was one of the, one of the pieces I did was was crayon. <laughs> That's funny. I haven't t- I didn't touch it since.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh well, thank you guys for coming by. <coughs> 20 years in the making. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, yeah. More. more. A little more, yeah. <laughs> uh,